All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to The Spoken. Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here in the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz, yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? We are glad to be back here. We are glad to be talking sports once again. Um, we've had some guests on over the last couple weekends, but this week we said, you know what, let's just keep it the original three. Uh, let's just make sure things happen the way we want them to. Uh, we don't want Clay Windler dropping mics anymore. Uh, we can't have him damaging our product. Otherwise, we're going to have to have him Venmo Knew we us. shouldn't have gave him a beer. Knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my first beer. It's actually beer. <laughs> a lot earlier today, too. Yeah, yeah. This is another thing. Is we're getting a chance to uh, record a little bit earlier in the evening, which is really nice. Uh, it gives us a chance to really attack uh, some of the segments we want to. Uh, clear-minded, not trying to rush through any segments. Not that we do anyway, but the temptation is definitely there sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we are here in the Casey Beard Co. Studios. Guys, we're really glad to get back at this. Uh, we have some very cool topics to address. Um, yes, we're going to be talking some Chiefs. Um, is there any chance that Patrick Peterson ends up in Kansas City? And what would we be willing to give up for him? We're also going to be talking about some NBA playoffs as well. Uh, the the, the shakeup with the Kevin Durant injury. Uh, what's going to happen with these big game sevens that could be t- potentially be coming up on Sunday? And then we're going to get back on uh, some Patrick Mahomes uh, talk. Because I feel like, like I, told, like I said before the recording, I don't feel like we've talked about him a lot. Over the last few weeks, actually, it's been Chiefs related, but it hasn't really been about Patrick. And I want to talk about him tonight. And then uh, Eddie's going to fill in the cracks, and uh, we're going to give out some L's tonight at Hold This L. So let's get right into it, guys. Um, for the last year, and I mean literally a year, I have been somebody that has wanted Patrick Peterson to be in a Chiefs uniform. Um, he's one of those types of guys that if you get him in your roster, instantaneously your defense is that much better because of what he can bring from raw talent perspective, from a durability perspective, and from a leadership perspective, performance perspective. I mean, yeah. every perspective you can give, this guy checks the board, checks the box. And so it's a common sense thing. Any team would love to have him, but with the Chiefs in particular and what they currently have with issues with their issues is everything that he would be able to provide. And it, he would be able to, to, to diminish those needs. And I think that if there, if if anybody here has a brain, any brain cells, we know that Brett Veach is out there trying to make this happen. Yeah, I've been told by numerous people that I trust that um, very close to the situation that have told me that Patrick that uh, Brett Veach has offered multiple times to the Cardinals um, trades for Patrick. Peterson. Well, I fully believe that he tried to do that last year as well. Yes, yeah. yes, I think I definitely think this has been in the works because we've seen like with Earl Thomas, we've seen these yeah. other players, Sammy Watkins. When Brett Veach sets his eyes on a player, he wants him and he's going to get him yeah. at least most times. Um, but yes, Patrick Peterson has definitely been on their radar, and I think it makes all the sense in the world for it to still happen. Uh, the problem is, is it's been kind of like this carrot in front of the horse where we feel like we're getting closer, that we're achieving something, and it, it, it might actually take place. And here we are still looking at it like, oh, can we actually make this happen now that the draft is over and we've used our draft assets this year? Can it happen? Right. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this, but just just the way I see it, because I'm one of those more optimistic people with this situation. Um, from the from the naked eye, yes, it does not look like Patrick Peterson will be with the Chiefs this season. 
Um, that is probably the more realistic standpoint, and I probably should get on board with that. The issue that I have is the fact that he's not showing up to OTAs, and you can make a theory on that if you want. But there, like Trevor mentioned before when we were prepping uh, for the show, he he had mentioned that there is a disconnect with the Cardinals and with Patrick Peterson. Yeah. And it's and I know he tried to shelve it away back in October of last year when he said, no, I'm on board. But that was a different coaching staff that was with a different vision. And I think Patrick Peterson is fed up with the way and the direction the Cardinals are going, which is very inconsistent. They drafted, of, they drafted two different corners early in the draft as well. Sure, so. yeah. So, so they look like they're gearing up to replace him. And yeah. although they do have two years of control left on him and they can franchise tag him, I think that the Cardinals are putting it on the wall. Like, look, it, this is going to be the end for Patrick Peterson. Where he goes, we don't know. But for me, the Chiefs, I think that if I'm looking at it, I, I feel like if we're – and we've always talked about this all-in scenario where the Chiefs have to be all-in for 2019. Um, I get that there's a fear of giving up valuable assets for a player that is a veteran um, that you know we're not as familiar with as some people in Arizona might be. Um, but I would say that when it comes to value, when it comes to giving up value for a Patrick Peterson, because that's what's going to ultimately come down to, what the Chiefs would be willing to give the Cardinals, yeah. for me – I don't really care what the price is. It has to obviously be a realistic price, mm. but I'm going to ask you guys, and I want to get your thoughts on the overall scheme of this, but I want to get your thoughts on, would you be willing to give up the 2020 first round pick for the, of the chiefs for Patrick Peterson? I'm gonna start with you, Eddie. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a no. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and say no. Uh, a lot of people might not like my opinion, but I, I just think us not drafting in the first round for, two straight years is kind of, you know, it can be hurtful in a lot of ways. I mean, we we might have gotten lucky with uh, Thornhill, but, I mean, another another year with the first rounder gone, and plus on top of that, you're only possibly getting him for two years at the at the very uh, max, you know what I mean? Because you still don't know if he's going to send, sign an extension. Obviously, that's what you want if you're going to get a player that only has two years left in his contract. But like you said, we don't know if he's actually coming this year. So let's say we go on and trade for him next year. Would you give up a first rounder? Hell no, man. It's, it's one year. I, I'm not going to give up a first round for a one year rental if we're still trying to rebuild this for the future. If if we're all in now, I get it. But yet again, you also have to look at the future. You know what I mean? So no, I wouldn't do it. I would trade a second, no doubt. No doubt in my mind, I would give up a second. Uh, a, a first round, I think, is a little too much for the, the time remaining in his contract. And, I mean, it all depends if he wants to work at a, uh, another three-year, four-year deal with the Chiefs. But for me, that's it's, it's a no. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a yes. Um, just because that's kind of how I am, I, the way I look at things. I feel like this year is the all-in year because we are most, more than likely going to be – obviously, Pat's going to be getting his money, and we're not going to have that opportunity, I think, moving forward. So I think this year – um it's a yes for me. I think we got to be aggressive as, as we can possibly be this year. Um, I don't think there's any corner in the next year's draft in the first round that's going to top the production that we would get from Patrick Peterson. And as far as this two year two years left on his contract, I believe that we can work something out. Um, you know, if we're willing to give up a, a first round pick for um, Frank Clark, who's similar in his position to what Patrick Peterson is at his position. I believe that that would just that would literally put our defense over the top, and I think that would automatically put our defense into the top ten. I, I just think our cap is is yeah. already too tight mm -hmm. as it is right now. I mean, Possibly. we got, we 
we got uh we still gotta work on Chris Jones and I mean, that's the thing though we don't have gonna... to pay Chris Jones so I know it sounds walk? shady no but I mean they're, they're, I I just think there's the cap can be manipulated in so many ways oh, I man get it, like with the signing bonuses right. and all that stuff but I mean as the cap sits right now, it's a little too tight to even think about getting Patrick Possibly and extending them. And this then is, on top of this that, is where yeah, I, mean, is where I feel like we can figure that I'll, out later, I'll interject, man. I'll interject on, yeah. the, on the cap part of it because I'll be honest with you. The way I saw the Rams operate last right. year and get themselves – That's my mindset. I don't give a damn about the That's cap. That's my mindset right now, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the way I see it when it comes to the cap, after June 1st, the Chiefs have over $9 million coming back from them from the Eric Berry situation. Right. And uh, Patrick Peterson is owed about $12, $12.5 million this year. And when the Chiefs, if they say, let's say that, let's say tonight, the Chiefs trade for Patrick Peterson, mm. and they auto, they would do it the exact same way they did with Frank Clark. They would automatically extend him, which would take some of the cap relief down. So that way, his money they would front load guarantees, but the the, the money as itself would not be as high. Signing bonuses would be equated. You'd have to consider that part of it. So yeah. Patrick Peterson would be getting an extension in Kansas City. Yeah. You have to understand that. If they were to trade for him, especially giving up a first-round pick like Similar to Frank, Frank Clark, Clark. Yeah, right. you're going to give him a three-year extension, therefore making it a five-year deal because he's still got two years left on his deal, right. which would essentially take him through the rest of his prime in Kansas City. And for him only making about $23 million on his current it, deal, yeah. you'd only have to extend him for another 30 to $40 million dollars so you're talking about guaranteed money wise, he'd only be making maybe twenty to twenty five million guaranteed. And, and two, the, the the value of corners is rising. Look, I mean Xavier Howard. Look what he just got paid. I think he just set the record highest so, paid cornerback exactly. All time. So and then and then um, I know six ten had um, they had the uh, one of the beat writers I believe for Minnesota coming on talking about Xavier Rhodes and how the Minnesota is looking for a one a first round pick for him. And so if that's the talk for Xavier Rhodes, and then we're talking about Patrick Peterson. It's no, it's a no brainer. He's going to be worth a, a first round plus, maybe right. something else. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. For me, I'm all in. And like I was, I was actually going to get to the Rams on how they did it last year. Um, and I think they did everything right. They just didn't capitalize on it. You know, they did everything right. They got to the Super Bowl. They just didn't capitalize on it. It should have been, <laughs> it should have beat the Patriots. But that's neither here nor there. I, I'm all in on trying to do whatever we can to get Pat Pete. I mean, don't, obviously, don't overspend too much, but. A first rounder is honestly that's what it's probably going to cost. And the only reason why I'm even bringing up this topic is be- not because I'm still hearing things about the the Chiefs going after him. I do believe they are, and I do yeah. believe they've made their interests very well known because of all the contenders. They need him more than any of them. Right. And uh, yeah, so, I yeah, I don't think that just falls off the cliff. No. from last year because no. we, I fully believe we were in on him last year. I'm staying very optimistic with all this because of the fact that I do believe the Chiefs understand how much value he would bring to this organization day one. Well, just, uh, just upgrading the defense that much more yeah. compared to how close we were last year with absolutely maybe possibly the worst in the league. Now you're going and from Steven close, Nelson and right. Xavius Ward. And imagine, if our, imagine we jump five Peterson spots higher. Imagine we jump five spots higher I, in the I defense. Mean, I don't mind him coming here. I would love for him to come yeah. here. It's just my thing is overspending for him. You, you mentioned the overspending thing, but here's my thing. We talked about Frank Clark and how we all agreed that there was no player at 29 that you could have got that was better than Frank Clark, correct? And the, and the need. So, so let's say the Chiefs finish eleven and five or thirteen and three, somewhere in that area, right? And they finish with the twenty eighth to thirty second pick in the draft. You cannot tell me with any confidence that you would find a player at twenty eight to thirty two that's better than up. Patrick Peterson as right, right now. That's the point. So you're not really overspending. If anything, you're underspending because you're getting the you're getting the higher value because you're taking a risk with a player in a draft. You know what you're getting at prime Patrick Peterson. 
So that's why I don't think it's overspending. That's why I said from the very beginning of this this segment that there is really no price when it comes to getting Patrick Peterson that I wouldn't be willing to pay within the real the confines of reality. Yeah. So if they asked for a 2020 first round pick, uh, you better believe that I would. If I'm Brett Veach, I'm sending over those documents immediately. Yeah, and if we get to and or win a Super Bowl. No one's talking about this. No one's saying, man, we really had to give up that first-round pick, right. though. Because if you look at it, what? Uh, so let's be honest here. There's been two straight years now we have not had a first-round pick, and I don't think Chiefs fans are sitting here bitching about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that they would probably be like, man, it'd be nice, yeah. but when you have Frank Clark in this situation, and you didn't have a first-round pick in 2018 because of who? Patrick Mahomes. You had to trade that per, that pick to the Bills yeah. to get Patrick Mahomes. So you get Patrick Mahomes and Frank Clark out of missing on two first-round picks. I'm taking those trades any every day of the week. So if you had to give me another year of missing out in the first round to get Patrick Peterson, so then we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, Frank Clark, and Patrick Peterson for three first-round picks, give me that trade right, right. every single day. When it really comes down to comparing the two situations, would you rather – pass on the Patrick Peterson opportunity to spend up and to spend a little more than you're comfortable with or deal with what we have right now and possibly lose a game because we didn't upgrade at that position. I'm, I'm taking the ladder, man. I'm, 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 I'm going all out this year. We have to do what we got to do this year to get there and hopefully win it. And I don't care about power rankings. I don't give no, a no, shit no, about yeah. like, you know, preseason favorites. I don't care about any yeah. of that stuff. Um, and I don't even give my predictions until the preseason's over and week one is on us. But yeah, um, you have to think that the respect level out there with the Chiefs right now, as far as the media is concerned, they're they're picking the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl yeah, this year, yeah. regardless and, of the Tyreek Hill situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 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 I think it's because people are realizing he's going to end up playing football this year. Well, and they realize the the, the realness that Patrick Mahomes brings. Yeah, so. it, yes, that obviously. That's but respect. and we're going to talk about that in a, in a little bit. But sure. um, if you look at it, like the respect level is already there, the expectations already there. You put this team in an even more – you give them even more talent to work with, especially at a position of severe need. Yeah. You're looking at a team that is overlapping with talent and expectation. See, expectation is going to be there, but the Chiefs still do lack talent in some pretty dire and pre, in pretty particular situations, and it is at quarterback. So if you get one of the best cornerbacks in football still in his prime, mm-hmm. you're automatically putting yourself in a position that, although you're already a favorite, you're putting yourself in an even higher echelon of expectation and talent. So I want that. I want, because the expectations are high. You have to match the te- the expectations with talent because right now they're expecting the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. The Chiefs have some really glaring needs right now that could keep them from getting to the Super Bowl. And one yeah. of those is cornerback. I can, uh, see, I can see both sides. Sorry to interrupt you. I can just, I'm saying I can see both sides, but from what we're hearing from the Minnesota, because obviously Xavier Rhodes was like my second kind of guy to go to if we can maybe get him. But if they're expecting and they're on their, from their end that they're going to get a first, I, if we're going to give up a first and anything else plus that, I'm going to try to get the best at that position available, which is Patrick Peterson. Do you think it's just a first? Do you think they're going to want more than just one pick? Well, the I'm way I, the way I look at it is mm. it's like this. It's like it's just like the Frank Clark trade. I think that's how it'd go down. Frank Clark, you ended up giving up a first round pick and essentially D Ford. Yeah. It was a second round pick in 2020. Didn't so they the, switched third round picks. They did swap third round picks. So that's kind of a wash. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what I'm saying is, if you're looking at Patrick Peterson, if I'm guessing right now what the trade would look like, it would be a 2020 second or 2020 first round pick, and probably a 2021 second or third round pick. Probably third. And I'm it. more than willing to give yeah. that up. Why, why wouldn't it be a 2020? Be, because of the fact, like you said, it's a longevity type of trade. It could be. It, it could be. Yeah. I, I don't see that actually I happening. That, I mean. Would the Cardinals want the 2021 draft pick or a 2020 draft pick? Because 
I mean, the Cardinals are still. Are you talking about the first round or the I second think the Cardinals round? Are, I think the Cardinals oh, no, they would want be... a 2020 first round pick. Say, yeah. Like... And I'm saying a 2020 first round pick. And then a 2020. And then a year after, you get a, a mid round pick. So I'm pretty sure they're going to be, they're gonna be drafting high. Yeah. I think they're obviously not going to be very good at all this year again. So they're probably going to be drafting high again. Yeah, so. they'll be in the top. They'll be a top. No, I'd say there'll be a top ten yeah, pick yeah, next year for sure. And then they would also additionally have a bottom sure. twenty-five pick in the first round again, so they could even yeah. use those to trade up further so they if they had get, a player they, they get really like. Two, two or three, maybe per first round picks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they can build themselves like the NFC's version of the Browns, where they just consolidate a ton of picks out of players that won't be there in the future yeah. when they finally start winning. Yeah, they need offensive weapons badly, yes. so. and, and I think that's what they're going to do. So my, this is my thing: is uh, I think the Cardinals will want more than just one draft pick. I agree. I, I, they I just don't want us overspending. They've already they've already talked about their demands. Their demands are ridiculous. But see, here's the thing about the deal: when it comes to making a deal in business, you have to always set high because you know you're going to get lower. Mm-hmm. If you set your bar at the middle, you're going to get lower, way lower than you should at market value. So the the Cardinals are going to ask for a ridiculous amount of stuff. The Chiefs would have to say, "All right, let's bring it down a little bit, meet us halfway, and let's make let's make a deal that's rational." And it's totally fair for them to do it. They could say, we want two first-round picks for Patrick Peterson. Well, we're not going to give you two first-round picks. What we will do is give you a first-round pick. We'll give you a first-round pick and then a a future second or third-round pick. And then you can start really having the conversation. You're bringing it down from the highest point. At the end of the day, it's what the Cardinals want at the end of the day. well, it, it, it's all what they want. At the end of the day, it, it comes down to us having to make a move here. We have to get another corner. Right. No, but That's got to happen. It, so it, We don't have the final say on that. Right? I hear you. Yeah. yeah, yeah like I said, it, it all comes down to what Cardinals want. They can they can just be dicks and be like, never. if you don't give us two first rounds, we're not going to. The thing, though, that see, it looks like the Cardinals have all the leverage in this situation, but they might actually not have all the leverage. And here's why. Because of Pat Peterson. Patrick Peterson might not show up. Yeah. That's the thing. Remember the Raiders? We all thought they had the leverage on Khalil Mack. Yeah. Khalil Mack, what did he do? He literally forced himself out of Oakland. He won that trade. Not the Brown or the Raiders did get good value out of him, but Khalil Mack won out of that because he got on a playoff team and made record money. So that's what Patrick Peterson, I think, wants to see happen for himself. Because you have to think he is still in his prime, but he's only got three or four great years left in him at best. You know, this is a league that people age very quickly, especially at his position. He wants to make another big set of money. Cardinals are not going to give him that. No. And he wants to play for a winner because he's never really been a part of that. Yeah. So that's where I think Kansas City makes so much. And again, this is all speculation. I know people that are listening to this right now are going, what are you guys hearing? I'm not hearing anything anymore. That well is dried up. I'm not giving up on it, though, because I don't think the Chiefs have. So that's where I'm going to leave that, and I and and if we have any updates on that, guys, we'll talk about it next week. We'll tweet out it, about it. Follow us at the Spoken PC. Join us on Facebook as well. But that's where we're going to leave right now. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on this because I think this is something that we don't want to consider dead and buried because I do believe the Chiefs really still want Patrick Peterson. I think there is possibilities and potential involving that trade. But when we get back, we're actually going to flip it up a little bit, guys. We're actually going to get on the hard court. We're going to talk a little NBA playoffs. Kevin Durant getting hurt. That's going to really cause some problems for the Warriors, or will it? That's an interesting thought. There's some big Game 7s coming up. Um, we're going to talk about our predictions for those Game 7s and uh, which we which uh, finals matchups we think are the best. We'll get back to that after this. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City. Shipping nationwide. Ancient plant 
for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Back at it again for the second segment on The Spoken. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here in the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz yo, yo, yo. and Trevor Twidwell. What's up? So we just finished off our first segment talking about the potential of Patrick Peterson coming to Kansas City, what it would take. And uh, we can obviously go on that for a long time because there's a lot to go off of. Yeah, I think that was a really good conversation, and I don't I don't want to give up on it. So um, we'll just like I said, we'll just leave it there and leave it on the back burner. And if it comes back around to where the Chiefs talk about it and we hear more speculation or if I hear anything from the people I trust, we'll go from there. But until then, we're going to actually move on. We're going to talk a little NBA. I feel like. We have not been able to talk any NBA over the last couple of weeks just because of everything that's been going on in Kansas City. And so I apologize to all, our, all of our NBA fans. Trust me when I say uh, we've missed talking NBA, especially yeah. Trevor and I, because I know that's you know that's our love. We love talking basketball. Um, and these playoffs have been nothing short of, of amazing, in my the second opinion. second round has been awesome. Man. It's been incredible. I mean, sure. the first round was pretty bad. I mean, let's yeah, be honest. Was, but was, usually they are. Usually the first rounds are pretty bad. <laughs> usually, are, was, I'm sorry, but the Thunder just – I mean, let's be honest here, bro. That's, that's why I had them losing. Atrocious. I can't believe I put them in the Western Conference Finals. That's yeah. just, I just I hold an L already. But um, <laughs> hey, so hey, hey, fuck you again. <laughs> <laughs> just keep drinking that beer, Eddie. So the NBA playoffs. The, like I said, the second round's been incredible. Um, we have potentially three game sevens coming up on Sunday, uh, and we're going to talk about our current matchups, the current game sevens. We're going to get the predictions on those from uh, Trevor and Eddie as well. Um, but I want to talk about, in particular, the biggest story in the NBA playoffs right now, and that is um, the Golden State Warriors forward Kevin Durant. Going down with an apparent, uh, well, not apparent. It is a calf strain. Yeah. Um, Trevor, you you had texted uh, Eddie and I that night. I was actually half half asleep, so I didn't even watch what had happened. For me to see that as and, a calf strain, that's hard to cut yeah. you off. But it's just odd to even think that was even close to being a calf strain. I think they're just being too optimistic on that. I mean, don't quote me on that. I haven't heard yeah. anything or seen anything. But for them to, like, within – what ten minutes of him get, uh, going into the locker room? They they were able to give like a, a diagnosis. That's a pre-diagnosis too. It's not an actual diagnosis exactly. until you get the MRI. So the MRI did happen, and they called it a calf strain. So it is official a calf strain, a calf strain. But for him to automatically be out the whole series, I mean, I know it's only two games, so usually you do sit out at least two, three games on a calf strain because calf strains they are what they are, man. I mean, that's a you pull that muscle, you can't run. So. It, I initially it looked horrible, man. When I first saw it, it looked like he because he reacted like someone had kicked him from behind. That's what it was happens. weird. I was That's like, "We got ghosts on the floor. What's going on?" People think they yeah, it definitely right. looked, it definitely to me when I first saw no it, it definitely did look like an Achilles uh, right. tear. And I'm really glad for him and and just for basketball in itself that uh, that did not happen because right now Kevin Durant has been by far, in my opinion, the best player in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it's like I said, he's shooting 45 percent from three, shooting over almost 50 percent from the field. Averaging almost 36 points a game. I mean, yeah. he is just literally tearing the cover off of, off of basketball right now. He's matchup proof, man. He's just he's been unreal. And and to be able to shine like that on such an incredibly talented team yeah. speaks volumes. And so obviously the, the the Warriors losing him is even despite the talent they have, is a big loss. And the the thing about it is I think this came at the worst time for them because although the Rockets lost that game ultimately. Yeah. And I still think the Warriors are going to win the series. Mm. You're banging up this team even more through probably seven games. I said when I first heard that Kevin Durant was out, I said Warriors in six. That's only because, <laughs> in tongue in cheek, the Warriors still should win this series in six Absolutely. games. They yeah. are still the better team without Kevin Durant. They've been a championship team without him. They, yeah, exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Is they, yeah. and, and they beat a LeBron-led team without, right. without him. So. And this is this is the weird thing about it is we're not used to seeing this for the Warriors because – 
they're usually the team that inherits the luck when it comes to injuries. Yeah. Throughout the last four seasons, yeah. four playoff runs, they've always faced teams that had injured point guards, injured stars, guys getting hurt during the series, you know, with Kawhi Leonard, you know, with Damian Lillard, with with uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. Chris and Paul. Chris yep. Paul. I mean, they, the Rockets should have won the series last year had Chris Paul not all the momentum hamstring, was, yeah. hurt his hamstring. They had all the momentum. All the momentum. They had home court advantage. Yep. You know, like all these things were going well. And I think that I'm going to confidently say that I think that the, the, that uh, the Warriors are going to win this series because I do not trust James Harden, and I don't think that Chris Paul is playing near to the level he was playing last postseason. I think that the Warriors could very well even win the, win the series tonight. Mm. Um, I'm going to stick with them. I did say that, and I do believe that if the Rockets even do win tonight, they they will ult- the Warriors will in- ultimately win in Game 7 just because of the fact that I believe in Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green so much more than even James Harden, mm. and the Rockets are going to need James Harden to play like MVP Harden, and I just don't believe in him enough in the playoffs. And so let, let's just say that this happens, right? Let's say the Warriors win this series. Now they're looking at either the Nuggets or the Blazers. I've said all along that I think if the Nuggets and, and the and the Warriors end up playing, that I think the Warriors will make easy work of the Nuggets. As crazy as that sounds, because I know Jokic, I know Jokic yeah, is leading the playoffs in assist as a seven footer. Yeah. But outside of him, I know Murray's playing very well. I know a lot of these other guys are good. But we have we're talking about three Hall of Fame players on the Warriors, even with Cal- Kevin Durant. Nuggets have a with really good, really good defense, though. Man, they do, they do, yeah. and I think that I think with Kevin Durant healthy, they'd make easy work of them. Now they don't have them. I'm still, I would still pick the Warriors. I would just pick them in six games. Mm. And so, what I'm hoping, though, selfishly as a fan, although I love Jokic and I love the way the Nuggets do play basketball, at the end of the day, this is a star-driven league, and I would love nothing more than to see the Blazers and Warriors play because of what Damian Lillard's oh. been able to do. What well, CJ Dame and Steph's matchups are always epic. That's man. what I'm saying, because even when the Warriors have yeah. beaten them, which they always have, yeah, but it's always Damian like, Lillard has been the better player between him and Steph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he now that Steph, yeah, now that Steph is the focal point, it, it looks like for probably until the finals. And we've seen what happens when pressure's on Steph. Yeah, this I mean, is what I'm saying. It. Yeah. So that I think that would be the series that because there is blood in the water. Like I was telling Eddie earlier today, there is blood in the water. The other teams know for the first time in four years, the Warriors are the ones that are banged up, yeah. and it's not just KD. We don't, lest we forget that they lost Boogie as well. Yeah. And I know that they have still played well without him. I think they've lost what two games since he's been out. Right. The point remains that. They are banged up. They're legit banged up. They have lost two of their five starters I think and their Livingston, best player. I think Livingston's dealing with some nagging injuries, too, yeah. so their depth is even banged up. They have up. no depth. They're going to have to rely on Andrew Bogut, 34-year-old Andrew Bogut, right. Jane, Looney. Like they're yeah, gonna have to, Looney. Yeah. They're going to have to rely on these guys that are non-scorers. Right. You know, so it's all going to be on Steph Curry, and so I would like to see that Blazers matchup, hopefully. So what do you what do you guys think about this Kevin Durant injury? Because I think it's, I think it's humongous. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys. Even with the Warriors being as talented as they are. It's a big loss. Uh, it's a big loss for the for the Warriors at the wrong time. I I think uh, the the Rockets will win tonight. They will win Game Six at home, and they will take this series to Game Seven at uh, Oakland. Or yeah, they're from Oakland, aren't they? Mm, the Bay that would be Oakland. Yes, <laughs> the Bay <laughs> Oracle. Or yeah, okay. So yeah, uh, I I think they're they're gonna go to Game Seven. Uh, I just I I think the the Warriors rely too much on Kevin Durant right now. That uh, with Steph Curry not having all that pressure on him anymore was kind of have like he was finally being Steph Curry. You know what I mean? So now that the pressure is all on him and Clay again, 
it's it's going to be a, a little too much for them to carry now that they're not used to it as much as they were when they when they first won the title without KD. And I I honestly think that the Rockets can sneak one in and take Game Seven as well. Uh, that's my opinion. I I think the Warriors are banged up. They they don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, I honestly think Steph's gonna be struggling the, this this next two games. Yeah. Um. Obviously, my prediction to come out of the West was the Rockets. So I think the uh, the basketball gods are kind of aligning their stars to make my prediction. I think they heard me. So I think they're making my prediction come to pass. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I think I do believe the Rockets will win this series. I know they lost that last game. It was an ugly. The way that game ended was just odd. I just it felt like because I think I felt after KD went out, I feel like the whole like that place was like like the energy was weird. Like it everyone was, was kind of I know they were I, worries. Warriors were worried about him. And it was just like an odd feel to the end of that game. The game and I was uh, I told Lance the following morning, like it felt like it was too much. Uh, there were just pushing each other, bumping into each other, yeah. trying to get into a fight. It, it's just an, it was like the negativity around that game. It was just, I just weird. I feel like the Rockets have more dog in them. Obviously, because Steph and Clay aren't those kind of guys, and I think you know the role players of the Rockets. You know, like um, um, what's the the what's his name the uh, the three guard or the oh, what's his name the bull dude the PJ Tucker yeah PJ yeah. Tucker has drawn a blank there PJ Tucker guys like that I think are going to be the difference in this series because KD's out because they're gonna I think the Rockets are gonna have a little more size now with Capella you know more length now because I know we got they got Looney but he's nothing more than a role player. Um, I think the Rockets now are gonna are gonna take advantage of that depth. And if I'm the Rockets, say what you want about D'Antoni, I think he's a decently good coach, especially offensively. But I think they really need to attack Draymond and kind of get in his head, similar to what the Cavs did, um, and try to get him maybe in foul trouble because he's off the floor. There goes all of their toughest that they have yeah. left. You know, because KD and Draymond have been the tough the tough guys, the kind of get in your head kind of guys. Um, so if they can attack Draymond, kind of get in his head, get him in foul trouble. You know, put even more pressure on Stephen Clay. I think that could be the difference there too. But I think straight up, I think the Rockets can, can definitely win. Like you said, Chris Paul definitely has to step up these last two games and play like he's always played. He has been shooting bear- terribly. Um, but I, I think, like I said from the beginning, before the playoffs even started, I think that this is the time where Harden has to make it right. Because not now, man. I think everyone's going to lose faith in him if he fails at this moment, especially with KD being off the floor. Um, but this just proves too that the fact that we're even having this conversation that the Warriors can lose KD – and still, you're talking about them winning, like without even really thinking much about it. Is this the, the fact that he was more of a luxury than he was a true asset to that team? Oh, there's no question about so, it. So, yeah. And as great as he is, and he is their best player, right? Even with that considered, oh, I yeah. still think they could win the finals without him. Mm-hmm. That's my personal opinion because they've oh, done it yeah, before. Yeah. I just, um, this year, Steph's been struggling in the playoffs. I, I get that. He's but Steph been struggled struggling a lot, in, in, the a lot playoffs, in the playoffs. And they've still managed to He struggled to win against Matthew Della Badova. So yeah. let's without go there. Without Kevin Durant, they've still won finals. Right. So, um, the Rockets are currently a seven and a half point favorite for tonight. So a lot of people are expecting them. Vegas is obviously expecting them to the force teams, a game seven. Home team's been taking care of business, which is fine. But I'm yeah. still going to stick with. It. I think yeah. there's something about tonight oh, yeah. where I think the Warriors go out there and they answer it and they take care of business and yeah. they show that they're still the best team with or without Kevin Durant. Very well could happen. Um, I can see that. And 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 I could be wrong. No, I mean, very well. But here's happen. the thing. Like I said, I, I got to see James Harden earn my trust yeah for sure because he just doesn't he's been do playing it. great this series man i get that but uh, let's be honest but yeah. last year when they should have the why okay last year they should have won the series why is that chris paul because of chris paul right chris paul was the best player <laughs> in that series well and i think the warriors were just better too they, the warriors were the better team let's really, not though. pretend like the rockets yeah. didn't own them they won two straight games in that series to take the three two oh, the lead. rockets rockets definitely had like trevor reason they had a lot more depth at that time too they um, did 
So, and they yeah, were shooting I mean, very well, and and yeah. but that was despite James. Well, even Harden. this year, they outplayed him right in the regular season too. So yeah. I mean, um, but like I said, I think DeAntoni now that he's had you know a couple a night or two to a night and a half or so to prepare without KD to just totally chuck out the paperwork on KD and your game plan. That takes a lot of pressure off the coach. That takes a lot of pressure off that Rockets defense, man. And Capella can kind of just not have to worry about KD, you know, cutting to the bucket or dishing because KD's been playing well, you know, with that that give and go. So I just uh, look if, if the Rockets would have ended, if the Rockets would end up winning that game five, yeah, I would be with they you guys. Have. I would say, you know what? Yeah. I think the Rockets are going to win this series. They should have capitalized. They did not capitalize. Right? They didn't. They fought, but they didn't capitalize. They yeah. screwed up a lot. It was a weird ending to that game. It man. really was. And so I just again until they can prove to me that they can beat Big Brother, yeah. I'm not going to give them that advantage I even without Kevin Durant. I agree with the game planning stuff, yeah. but D'Antoni has been infamous for being horrible down the stretch yeah. in big in big series. So there, we could keep talking about this series, but there, guys, there are three other really good series that right. we could talk uh, about. I'm sorry, two other good series, <laughs> that, potential game sevens uh, going into Sunday. Uh, that is the Trailblazers and Nuggets, and that is also the 76ers and Raptors. Mm. Um, Let's just, go Sixers. Just man. start with the Blazers and Nuggets. Like I said, I, this is a star-driven league, so I want to see stars go further in the playoffs. And Damian Lillard, if you didn't know about him already, you know about him now because to me, he has been the most clutch and the most entertaining player in the playoffs to this point. Absolutely. And and I love to see stories like this develop because he is putting himself on the map globally, not just in the NBA. People are starting to recognize him across the globe yeah. because of great shots he's had and things of that nature on your thunder. Never mind. Um, and then and then obviously uh, with the Nuggets again, really good solid team. No, I have no problems with this team whatsoever. Yeah. And Jokic is a superstar. Absolutely. He is a superstar through player. Through, man. He just plays in a, in a kind of a middle-tier market when it comes to the NBA. Denver is not a great NBA market. And I just think that you know a lot of people, although they, they are a good team, they're worthy of wherever they go. Yeah. It would be kind of, I'll be honest, disappointing to see them advance as opposed to the Trailblazers to face the Warriors or face the Rockets because, like I said, we go to see matchups. Yeah. And although Jokic is an amazing player, I feel like that series would be ending pretty quickly and Jokic would play very well, but it just kind of feels like one of those series is where you have this one outstanding player with some really good role players that just got outmatched by great teams. So I'd like to see better teams with more stars face each other. What do you guys think about that series? I think honestly, I'll, I'll Who say do you guys have winning that series. The, the Denver series, Denver, Man, Denver ah, yeah, Denver, Portland. Portland, Portland. I, obviously I got, I got in the Sixers series. I got my Sixers. I got the Sixers because that's who I was waiting for in the East. Um, I had them actually going to the finals, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, I love them. I love. I'm, I'm going to see my boy Embiid go far, so I'm picking them um, to play the Bucks for the the title run there. Um, but man, the Blazers one's a tough one to pick. Man, it's those games have been neck and neck. Like there's not been a lot of blowouts. It's it's that's been extremely competitive, and the two teams are totally different. You know, the the, the Denver Nuggets are obviously built around their big man, and then on the other side, the Blazers are totally built around their one and two guards. So it's 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 a cool dynamic to see those two kind of teams clash that are totally different. I think the Nuggets are going to win it, and I think they're actually the tougher matchup for the Warriors if the Warriors win it. But on the other hand, I think the Blazers are the tougher matchup for the the Rockets if the Rockets win it. So I we'll have to see how this plays out. Um, and the only reason I say that Denver is a tougher matchup for the Warriors is just because of the impact of Jokic and then the, the lack of matchup that they're because they just lost the, the seven foot length of KD too. He who knows how fast he's going to be back if they do go to the finals. If he'll even play in game one or two or so, or whatever. So Jokic is. We've seen them play the Warriors and play them very well um, in the regular season. So 
I think that's the problem though with the Nuggets is that although you're you're right about Jokic being such a mismatch for mm. essentially anybody right. and for the Warriors right now, especially his passing Durant, ability is so underrated. But too. the problem is, dude, is it, it look when when it comes down to just one particular player, I always have a problem giving that team the nod. Yeah, they because just have they have so much depth though. Will Barton they, coming off the they bench. They have depth with a lot of like good players. Yeah. There's no, there's no they have one Paul great, Millsap, they have I mean, one great player. Yeah. Let's be yeah. honest here. And when you're facing a Warriors team and you're facing a Blazers team, that's why this series has gone seven games. I think Jamal Murray is coming around to be one of the better at his position too. Jamal Murray he's, is a budding star. Out. Yeah. But he's not there yet. Yeah. He's had some really good moments. He's had some really good games. I don't have all the confidence in the world in they him. Have he's a lot of experience. They have seven. a lot of experienced guys too. But I am going to agree with you. Yeah. I actually do think the Nuggets are going to win this series. Okay. I do because they're at home that they have they have serious home court advantage. Well coached, man. They're Malone, very, is, Malone is a damn good coach. Absolutely, Popovich yeah. always swears by him. He's a he's a student of him. For sure. And I, I do believe they take care of business at home. However, I'm gonna agree with you again. I think these uh these split home and away. I do think Denver takes uh, take, take, takes care of business at home. I have the Sixers upsetting Toronto tonight, yes. Sunday in Toronto. I want to see him beat and, and, and Giannis going at and, it. And there's, and there's reasons why. I'll give you the biggest one. I don't believe in the Raptors. Yeah. I don't think Kyle Lowry's that good. I think, no. he's a, I think he's a solid player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's terrible in the playoffs. Kawhi's been playing out of his freaking Kawhi, mind. But too. that's never going to be enough when right. you have. And I think this is that game yeah. where Embiid and Ben Simmons play well together. Because that has not happened yet. And the, in this dude, the narrative, the story for the, the NBA always has great narratives and stories going into the playoffs. It never fails. They're always good. But dude, just just having the Embiid and, and Giannis matchup, all that trash talk all year, the battles they've had. You know, it's just oh, dude. I think the obviously the league wants that to happen. Yes, it's a star-driven so league. You have Giannis, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Yeah. That is a great matchup, just like it would be for Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum to go against. Uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, yeah, Draymond Green. For sure. You know, and if 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 KD could manage to get into that series, we don't know. Probably not. But if knows, he could, man. you're talking to a star studded. But I am going to yeah. stick with you. I do believe the Nuggets win that series, and they go on to face the, in my opinion, the Warriors. Yeah. Um, and then I think the the Sixers do go on to face the Bucks for an amazing series in the East. So we'll Eddie. I don't know who you got. What who do you got in those? I think you said you take Portland. Right? I do take Portland. I yeah. think Damien's going to come in clutch uh, on Sunday. Okay. I, I, He's he's shown uh, that he can carry that team on his back. Uh, Nuggets, sure. Nuggets have been such a great home Nuggets, team, though, man, I know, all I know, year. All their big wins. Let's just say real quick, the Blazers, all their big wins when it comes to like series clinchers, it's been at home. Yeah. So let's be honest. This is not at home. This is in Denver. So it's, one, it's of the, a one of the beast. best, maybe the oh, best home team besides the Bucks. It's a different beast. I, yeah. I, I feel Portland going up there and. Just, That'd be one story, and that would only elevate the legacy yeah, of Dame Lillard. I man. hope so for Dame, man. I love Dame so much. I, I would love he to see that. It, and I yeah, think he will make it happen. Yeah, for sure, uh, man. I think he will make it happen. Bucks are uh, Raptors and Sixers. Excuse me, I got the Sixers. Uh, I got the Sixers going all the way to the finals. Actually, uh, I, I really want to see the Bucks Sixers series. Like Hell that's, yeah. that's one series I'm actually looking forward to. Be like a finals on its own. Yeah, like I've been waiting for that like for a long time. So yeah. That, that's I want to see that more than I want to see Rockets, Portland, or Warriors, uh, Portland or Nuggets, Warriors. I think either Rockets. way, we're getting some good series here, man. These next rounds. What I about think- uh, what about Daenerys and Cersei? <laughs> yeah. They're both gonna die. <laughs> so I actually I agree go, with you, but I um, go, go Arya. All right, like there you go. Arya, a wild card. All right. <laughs> well, uh, guys, we're gonna leave it there with the NBA playoffs. I'm really excited to see what happens, and I can't wait to talk about this next week and how wrong we were. Um, but when we get back uh, for segment number three, we're going to talk about the biggest name in Kansas City and the guy that we feel like we've kind of avoided on the show. Like I said, for feels like a month. 
Uh, we're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes and uh, his potential legacy and what I think, what Trevor and what Eddie thinks he's going to do in Kansas City for the next 10-plus years. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed clothing and accessories with a countercultural appeal. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at commandeerbrand on Instagram or Facebook. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern handmade and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here in the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz, yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. What up, y'all? And we are... Getting back to football, getting back to local football, in fact, out here in Kansas City. We just got done talking about the NBA playoffs, uh, gave some predictions, gave our insight on uh, the KD injury, and uh, the finals matchups we'd really like to see. So um, we're going to get right into it, though, because this is a this is a conversation I've been really wanting to have uh, for quite a while because once I saw the Chiefs draft Patrick Mahomes, and, and it took me like literally two days to like really compute that it actually did happen that night, uh, back in 2017, but what the one of the first things I ever said, and I was on uh, Shaggy Shane's show uh, a few years ago, a couple years ago when it happened, uh, he got my reactions to it, and I felt like such a homer, and it was for the first time in a long time because as a Chiefs fan, you don't get to feel like a homer very often, at least a realistic one, and I said, and I meant it, and I didn't even know I was going to say it, but I remember saying it on his show, and I said, Patrick Mahomes is going to lead the Chiefs to multiple Super Bowls. And I couldn't believe I was actually saying that about a Chiefs quarterback. Yeah. But I actually believed it. And I didn't want to just say that. I actually like genuinely believe that came like straight from, and I'm not trying to get all sentimental, like it came from my heart. Like I really believed that he was going to do this. And that's before I even saw him play in a Chiefs uniform. And now that we've seen who he is, and I do believe that 2018 was Patrick Mahomes. That was not a fluke. That's really who he is. Yeah, that's never a fluke when you come in and take that. Yes. Did. So, yeah. Now that I've even seen that, I feel that way even stronger. And tonight, you know, I, I'm sitting here and I actually listened to uh, some of the, what 610 was talking about tonight about some of their expectations uh, for Patrick Mahomes. Mm. And it got me thinking. I was like, you know, what, what are my realistic expectations? And I thought back to that. I said, okay, well – I did say that I do expect him to take us to multiple Super Bowls. So I thought, I was like, okay, is that it though? Is he just going to take us to multiple Super Bowls and that'll just be the, be the end of it? And I quickly told myself, no, no, that's that's not all I'm expecting. Because when whenever you're talking about quarterbacks, whenever you're talking about great quarterbacks, you always naturally get compared to other guys, whether you even play like those guys or not. You're always going to get compared to Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, uh, you know, the list goes on of quarterback, great quarterbacks, Drew Brees, all of the names. And so I really started to think about what quarterback throughout history do I think, if you had to pick, would Patrick Mahomes have a similar career too? And it took me a minute. It really did because I thought, okay, well, he he does he does play a little bit like this guy, but I think he's going to be more successful than him. Uh, well, he doesn't play like that guy, but I don't know if he's going to reach that many Super Bowls. Like I really broke it all down. Like I was really really thinking about it, and I had to kind of throw styles out the window because Trevor and I just talked before the show. 
There's no one in the history of football that I think has been as talented as Patrick Mahomes. That includes right. Aaron Rodgers. He's blazing his own trail, man. I, I really believe at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play football. And that's not just for me. I've heard that from many other people as well that have watched football for a long time. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to throw style into the equation. I think if you had to compare him stylistically, it would be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers for sure, and Russell Wilson. But I think he's going to have more success than Aaron Rodgers as an, as an individual player and as when it comes to winning. And then I started like looking at you know the ultimate winner, which is Tom Brady. And as as high on Patrick Mahomes as I am, I think it's extremely unfair for me to expect him to go to eight Super Bowls. Yeah, that's extremely unfair, and I'm not going to put that on him. I'm not. If it happens, oh my god, I'm so happy. Like that that that'd be the greatest thing. That's that's, a, that would be a pretty irrational yes, prediction. <laughs> because because literally there's been one man yeah. to ever do it. And yeah. that's there's there's a reason for that when there's been decades and decades of football. Yeah. And you know, hundreds and hundreds of quarterbacks. So I didn't put that on him. So I, I looked at it realistically and I said, okay, what quarterback is it? And I came up with Peyton Manning. Hmm. And here's why. Peyton Manning is to me the perfect quarterback when it comes to success and when it comes to numbers. He has all these records. Actually, he did he did get passed in a couple of my Drew Brees recently. Yeah. And Drew Brees was one of the guys too. But again, Drew Brees has only been he's only been to two Super Bowls and he's won one of them. And um, the way I look at it is I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be more successful than him. So I looked at Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had been to three Super Bowls and had won two of them. And so I'm looking at it like that. I say, I think that Patrick Mahomes, it sticks with my original thought that he's going to get to multiple Super Bowls. He's going to lead the Chiefs to multiple Super Bowls. But I also think that the Chiefs are going to win multiple Super Bowls. Like Peyton Manning has won multiple Super Bowls. And he also has all these all-time records, or is at least up in the up top three of all these all-time records. I truly believe, and I'm not trying to say like Ron Jaworski here, I truly believe, <laughs> I'm not trying to be that guy, but I do honestly believe in myself that at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes will be up there with the top five quarterbacks all time in touchdowns, passing yards, completions, completion percentage because of what he's already shown us. Mm. I think he is going to be a revolutionary. I think he's going to set some new records in the NFL because he's going to play for a very long time. I don't think he's going to have injury problems. I'm going to do that yeah. real quick. Right. And I really believe that he's going to be up there with Peyton Manning. I think he's going to win multiple Super Bowls. He's going to get to multiple Super Bowls, and he's going to be considered one of the greatest of all time. Will he be the greatest of all time? I don't know, but I definitely believe he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I definitely believe he'll have a couple chips on his fingers before he actually retires. Trevor, yeah, I mean, Mike and my guy that I want to compare him to, and it's hard because you, you got to find so many things that kind of line up to make a fair comparison. My guy's Aaron Rodgers, man. Um, all reason I say that is because obviously the abilities that they both have and they both share. Um, I know you didn't want to like implement styles too much, but I truly believe if Aaron Rodgers would have been with a better coaching system, had the weapons that Mahomes has had so far in his career, that he would have multiple championships. That's fair. That's totally fair. And it's easily in my mind. The dude has been too good his whole career. He's he's going to set and break records by the before his career is over. Um, especially the interception to touchdown ratios bananas. Um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is my guy in the comparison here because of the intangibles that both of them possess, um, and the fact that I think obviously Mahomes is going to have a better career than Aaron Rodgers, and that's saying a lot because Aaron Rodgers I think was just. 
abused and used and just wasn't given all the opportunities he could have had. And I think Mahomes has those opportunities because he has one of the greatest coaches ever. Um, and I think he's going to be better for Andy Reid than honestly than Andy Reid is for him because he's going to put Andy Reid over the top to where he's never been. Yeah. And obviously, winning a Super Bowl that's the goal, and I believe we will get there maybe once or twice at least. Um, but yeah, so as far as my comparison, it is Aaron Rodgers um, with Mahomes obviously being in a better position to for his trajectory to succeed. You know the the highest amount of success that you can achieve the highest amount of success that you can get. Um, which is winning a Super Bowl, which Aaron Rodgers has won, obviously, but should have more than that. But that's my comparison. My comparison, I don't have one, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes, he's he's one of a kind. For sure. He He's something we have never seen, something we can't compare it to nothing because we don't know anything about this. Except for Baker, though, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Baker. We haven't seen anything right, like Baker right. either. So. <laughs> for sure, man. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, Patrick, it's not something we're used to. It's yeah. not something we turn Especially on, the city. Turn on yeah. a TV on a Sunday and like, oh, look, uh, this quarterback's played. You know what I mean? It's, mm. He's must-watch TV yeah, for he's sure. A, he's a must-watch quarterback. And and I think even Tom Brady, he he is the GOAT. I'm I'm not going to deny that. I will have another segment on that. <laughs> uh, I, I just – I just got done I talking about yeah, that. I, I mean, like like you said, Lance, I, I don't want to put that pressure on uh, Patrick Mahomes saying that he will take us to eight Super Bowls because that, that's just unfair. Uh, could it happen? I really hope so. But like you said, it, it's just unfair. But I, I just can't compare Patrick Mahomes to anybody. Uh, I, I think he's he's one of a kind. He he is here to set records, and he is here to, to, to make a legacy out of his name. So you talk about pressure, though. That's the thing that I – admire the most about Mahomes, I feel like he's the guy that invites the pressure because even in his own words, he's talked about in that. I don't know if you guys saw that video um, that they, the chiefs made um, for the new draftees when I think Kelsey was on there, a couple of linemen were on there um, and Mahomes obviously started the video. He was talking about, Hey man, you know, you guys walk in this door. We want to build something. We want to build a dynasty. You know, he's already kind of putting that on his own shoulders. Like we want to build that dynasty here. So I feel like he's the kind of guy that, invites that pressure he's from a different generation man so i i don't feel like this kid cracks under pressure and we've seen it not only in his play but just the way he holds himself he's very confident in himself and i think a lot of that has to do with being a, a professional athlete's kid so he's used to the locker room camaraderie and he's used to all that that pressure being put on other guys so i just think he's i think he's built different man and i think we see that in his play and that's why that's why i wanted to kind of stay away from the style po- point of view because i feel right. like Yes, I do agree, and I, I I did say that in my initial uh, diatribe, if you will, yeah. uh, when I said that I don't think that we've seen a, a, a player like him, even right. with Aaron Rodgers to be considered. I think the Patty can do things that even Aaron can't, or at least hasn't done to this point in his you know fourteen year. The career. fact that never 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 is there a play that's over until it's actually right. over, and that's why that's why I said like if it comes down to legacy comparisons, because legacy is different than than talent. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the it's the career in a capsule, mm-hmm. and I'm and I that's what I'm trying to like get is you know what player can I look back to and say I think his career is going to be more like that. I'm not saying that those guys will be better than him or that he'll be better than them as a player. I'm saying what legacy can I compare it to that I'm expecting and that I'm anticipating for him to have. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said Peyton Manning because Peyton, to me, even more than Brady, as an individual for the individual legacy, 
is is actually more accomplished, as crazy as that sounds, because he's won the most MVPs all time. Mm-hmm. You know, he had all the all-time records until Drew Brees took, I think, his yards and touchdowns record, which he's barely eclipsed him. Um, and Tom Brady doesn't have those things. Tom Brady didn't even have a 4,000-yard season until his seventh season in the in the league. And I don't think was even a considered a superstar until his ninth season in the league. And 2007 really set him ablaze when he threw 50 touchdowns. But the success of Tom Brady's career kind of blanketed everything else, all his shortcomings as an athlete, because he's not a very good athlete. And so that's where I that's where I'm saying like Patrick to me is more like Peyton Manning in the fact that he's extremely talented, st- extremely cerebral. And also, I think is going to have a lot of playoff playoff success and Super Bowl success. Right. So, but thing is, man, I know we're talking about a one year started quarterback so far, and I know you talk about will he or will he not be the greatest of all time? We don't know. Will he be a top five? More than likely, we feel like we're pretty confident that if he continues doing what he's doing, he will be. When we look at like guys like uh, greats, like goats, like Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady and Drew Brees. You know, we always like look at, you know, what what is it that they depend on? You know, with Peyton Manning, it was obviously the dude's brain, his ability to audible and, and, and break defenses down before the play even happens. And it's almost always the right decision. Tom Brady, it's a system that he's in. He, he's the perfect chess piece for that system to, you know, do what Belichick's mastermind is wanting to do. Not, not taking away his ability, but he never was an athlete, you know, a truly good athlete. He's always had a decent arm, but never great. You know, he's always been a pretty accurate quarterback, so I think it depends on his accuracy as far as his own individual play more than anything else. But outside of that, he's not really gifted in a real certain way. Uh, obviously, Manny had the brain, so he, obviously he wasn't a great athlete either. Really great athlete as far as, like, extending plays and, you know, making odd throws off, you know, weird angles and stuff. This is what I'm – when it comes to Mahomes, what, we can't really pick one thing that he depends on because he's got the brain already. He's shown that he was breaking down and looking off safeties in year one. Throwing no-look passes, looking off safeties, looking to the left and throwing to the right, or looking to the right and throwing to the left. He's got the athleticism. He's got the cannon arm. You know, so we haven't really seen what his real weakness is. Maybe throwing left-handed? I don't know. I mean, he's, that's not even a weakness because we've seen him do that. So we don't really know what it is that he truly depends on. And until defenses figure out what it is he depends on and they can take that away, I mean, the, the sky is the limit for this kid, man. Yeah, I agree. So, I yeah. agree. And and I'm I am keeping a very open mind to the thought that he could set it, like you said. He could set a, a, a new trail, and he could yeah. revolutionize set the entire history books. He could, for sure. He could go to eight Super Bowls. I'm not. The reason why I'm not putting that on him is because I feel like you have to let him kind of get himself in, integrated a little bit more into the league before we can start making predictions like that. Yeah. But one thing I will say, and I will say comfortably, is I do believe he will go down as one of the all-time greats, and I do believe we are going to go to multiple Super Bowls and win multiple Super Bowls with Patty at the helm. So, and, and in this league, I started to interrupt you before we cut off. In this league, we've seen guys start slow and make a great career after the, the slow start, even with Peyton Manning. started slow, um, the first year at least. But we've never really seen anyone start off like this and then just fade out. Right. It doesn't happen, well, especially yeah, in the way this league is set now. It's set perfectly. The stage is set perfectly for Pat, man. Yeah. The, the the only two seasons we can even compare it to his 2018 campaign to are Peyton Manning in 2013 and Tom Brady in 2007. Right. Well into their careers. <laughs> both, of the, both of them were already in their – I think uh, Tom Brady was in year nine. Right. And – Peyton was in year set, six, 15, 14, yeah. like four, yeah, four, 13, you know, 14th year in the league. Right. Patty was in his first full season. 
So what he's already done is unprecedented. It's not even fully polished yet. Yeah. It's amazing. So I'm like I said, I this is why I give him all the credit in the world and all the belief in the world that he's gonna get the, you know, he's gonna get us to places because I said his first season, despite having arguably the worst defense we've ever seen in Kansas City, and that's saying something. I don't think he could be I don't think he could be pressured either. That's what I love about the kid, man. Yeah. Well, I, I do think he gets pressured. I just think he handles it well. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think he handles and it. That's only, everybody has and pressure. That's only, but that's only going to get better. That's right. only going to progress. Right. Guys don't regress in that era. The area. You know, they, well, they, they get only, more comfortable as they've exactly. learned. Yeah, because he's still learning things. He's the still learning how to become an NFL quarterback. For too. sure, so, so I said Peyton Manning. Trevor said Aaron Rodgers. And, and uh, Eddie's just kind of leaving it up in the air because he doesn't really – and I don't want to speak for you, but I think that's what you're saying is that there's just nobody out there. That's fair, though. That's, that's fair. fair. So um, that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, when we come back, Eddie's going to give us some uh, – He's going to cr- uh, fill some cracks for us. Let us fill know what's my been cracks, going on. Eddie. Fill please my fill cracks, Eddie. Fill my cracks. Yeah, we, we have a lot of cracks to fill tonight, so please <laughs> do that for us. Um, I'll try yeah, my best. He's going to do that, and then uh, obviously we're going to be giving out our weekly Hold This L. So we'll get back all back to all that after this. Casey Hardgoods is the brainchild of local Kansas City degenerate Scott Reinerson. Born from a passion of old materials and custom designs, specializing in reclaimed wood, burned art, and signs, and upcycled leather wallets and accessories. Follow Casey Hardgoods on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Wasteland Society, an apparel brand inspired by the underground, the weird, the youth, post-punk, 80s and 90s pop culture, and the idea of living life on the opposite end of the spectrum to the fullest. Hand-printed in Kansas City using an eco-friendly printing process on sweatshop-free garments that are ethically made in the USA. Find them. We are Wasteland Society on Instagram. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here in the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Eddie Ortiz yo, yo, yo. and Trevor Twidwell. What's up, everybody? Let's get right to it. We're filling in the cracks. Eddie Ortiz, <laughs> go ahead and fill them, brother. What do we got? We'll try to. We'll try to. Uh, so I, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a, a boxing fight last week. That Well, last weekend. Yep. We had Canelo against Jacobs, and obviously I called Canelo. Uh, I thought it was going to be a win in the – uh, like an easy win for him. Obviously, it wasn't. It, it, it was actually a little bit of, of a struggle on Canelo's part. But at the end of the day, he pulled it out, uh, unanimous uh, decision and all that. But, I mean, they they were both up there, man. Uh, 188 uh, total punches landed, I believe, by, by Alvarez. And then Jacobs landed 131. So, they were both up there, man. They they were both throwing pretty pretty powerful punches. They were, they were they were going at it, man. It was yeah. It was a good fight. Uh, it, it seemed like they were actually like fighting for real. I mean, there's boxing uh, fights that are kind of like okay, they're only doing this just for the money, you know. Yeah. I mean? And you can tell, but like you can tell in this fight that they were actually fighting. It was a real fight. Uh, there was at one point where. I believe Jacobs kind of did a low blow, and then Canelo just turned right back and fucking did the same thing. So nice. it, it was uh, more like a street fight than yeah. It was, yeah. It, it was uh, there were some uh, feelings out there for sure. There were some. That's how the good old days feelings. were, though, man. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, it. Was a really good fight. If you guys didn't catch it, uh, you guys can probably still look it up. Look up the highlights on YouTube and whatnot. It was a good fight overall. Um, now moving on to uh, Formula One, we got Formula One again this weekend, guys. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go got, Ferrari. Uh, yeah. yeah, we got the Spain Grand Prix. Uh, obviously, I am a Ferrari fan, but yep. we've been struggling. Uh, they <laughs> did bring upgrades to the engine this weekend. Um, I believe Mercedes didn't bring any upgrades this weekend to uh, Spain, so it's going to be an interesting, interesting race uh, overall because 
Ferrari really needs needs to step that game up. Uh, they they just haven't had the luck. I don't know what it is about this year, but they're falling they're falling behind. And like I said, if if they didn't win last week, it was already going to be a, a a big 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 uh, loss in points, and the gap is just going to keep on growing. And I I don't think they'll be able to lift back again this week. And 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 shout out to Mercedes doing their thing, just doing their thing, and let's see what goes on about that race. Uh, I really hope uh, Sebastian Vettel, Charles Leclerc take that W, but Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton driving the way they are is just not, you know, not something I really can picture. In other news, we had uh, now, well, now switching to real news, <laughs> we had Chelsea against Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, for the UEFA Europa League semifinals. Uh, it was a really, really, really close uh, match. Uh, they drew 1-1 in the, in the first leg. And then, obviously, the second leg, it, it was it was uh, no, no short of drama. It was uh, also a 1-1 draw, but it came with a price, man. Uh, David Luiz came in with a, a clutch save uh, on the goal line. If it wasn't for David Luiz and... His heroic acts, it, it would have been all over for Chelsea. His heroic acts or ass? Yeah. Acts. Both? I'm, I'm sorry for my acts. No, uh, your <laughs> accent. Acts. I'm sorry for your accent. <laughs> no, I just want to make sure you weren't like glamoring at his glutes. I didn't know if that's what yeah, you were trying to do over there. Those are assholes. <laughs> or axles. Axles. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, if it wasn't for his but yeah, heroic acts. I asked you a question. <laughs> It would, have been, it would have been a different story, but uh, sure. obviously they came down to penalties. Uh, Kepa came, came in clutch, uh, saving two uh, two penalties, and then the men of the hour, Eden Hazard, making that final penalty and sending Chelsea through to the final. Now that might have been uh, Hazard's last last home game for Chelsea ever. Uh, they're talking about him being sold to Real Madrid this summer. The rumors are really strong. Uh, I really hope not. Uh, I really hope he can, he stays at Chelsea. Me being a Chelsea fan, obviously, mm. but I mean, it, it's time for him to grow. He is uh, he's getting up there in age to where he has to move move uh, higher if he can. If he if he doesn't, I think he will stay the way he he is, and he's never gonna be that uh, the next Messi or the next Ronaldo. So uh, I think. It would be a great, great fit for him to to make that move. Uh, I would obviously hate to see him leave, but I, I think it's something that needs to happen for him in his career, uh, just to just to grow as a player. And then there was obviously a second leg in that uh, semifinal. I mean, a second uh, game in that semifinal. It was Arsenal against Valencia. That was a that was not even a, a close game, to be honest. Leg one. Arsenal won three one. It was really no challenge, and like two, I believe they won four two. So it, it it was it was over before it even started. So I mean, there's nothing else to say about that. Uh, now we got uh, Arsenal against Chelsea in the semifinal for an all English uh, Premier League final, pretty much in the Europa, uh, which is not very likely to happen ever again you know i mean it all depends on how this teams do next year but 
I, I have uh, Arsenal winning this game, unfortunately. As a Chelsea fan, it hurts, but we just we we don't we don't know how to finish games. Uh, it, it hurts to say, but it, it's just it, it's not gonna happen for mm. Chelsea. I really hope so, but it, I don't see it. And then we had Champions League uh, semifinals go on this weekend as well. We had Tottenham playing Ajax in a freaking We watched thriller, that game together, man. In a thriller game. <coughs> I'm sorry. It was uh, 3-0, I believe, uh, in, the second, in the second half in the second leg. So at that moment, you're like, okay, there's 45 minutes left. Tottenham's it, it's done. There's no way of them coming back. Somehow, man, somehow they managed to score two goals back-to-back within like two minutes of each other, five minutes of each other. And then on the 96th minute, believe it or not, Tottenham scores that fucking goal. That was unreal, man. To to draw the game. It it was unbelievable. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And they advanced to the Champions League final. And on uh, on the second game, we had Barcelona against Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> shit happens. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. Gotta what explain to, that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, shit happens. So we got another all English Premier League uh, final, and this is for Champions League. So both Europe's biggest tournaments are being played with English teams, which which is unheard of. It. it it only proves that the Premier League is is the top league in the world right now. It, it, there's no other league like it right now at this moment. So it, it only proves that the Premier League is just at another level. So on this final, I do have I do have Liverpool taking Tottenham out. It's just the matchups between them are always great, but I see Liverpool just having that slight slightly advantage on uh, Tottenham head coaching wise player wise it's just it's an easy one for me so yeah yeah Liverpool on the Champions League final and that's it for me uh that's all I got this good job Eddie Orsi right, in the cracks good job sweetheart good my job. cracks have been filled <laughs> thank you thank you the glorious ass <laughs> yes it was a shit it was heroic ass <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. It is now time for Hold Hold This this L. L. It's time to Hold This L. I want you to do me a favor and Hold This L. Somebody's got to hold that L. (laughs) The him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Uh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold this L. Brought to you by Casey Beard Company. 100% organic ingredients, 100% organic ingredients. Uh, I'm going to mess up my own line. 100% organic ingredients, 100% organic <laughs> manliness. There we go. Giving you th- everything you need to take care of your beard and skin on a daily basis. From oils, balms, soaps, and waxes, and combs. Before Eddie starts opening his mouth, let me finish the line. <laughs> Visit CaseyBeardCo.com 
And you can check out all the retailers. Over 23 in Kansas City. Over 14 states are provided. You can visit them online as well. And, uh, yeah, look forward to it. CaseyBeardCo.com. So let's get to our L's. Mm. Holding this L as our favorite segment of the week, of every week. Eddie, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Who is holding the L this week, my brother? I think I know who it is, but go ahead and say it. No, you probably don't. (laughs) No, you probably don't. (laughs) All right, my L, guys, obviously – I didn't talk about it at all because I wanted to hold it, uh, hold out a little bit. I'm going to give it out to Barcelona. Mm. Holy shit. There's an L in there somewhere in Barcelona. I I, I mean, <laughs> fuck me. How are, are you going to go 3-0 and, and up in the, in the first leg? That, that's pretty much a, a game over. Uh, that's already putting you through the final. That, right. All, you know, all that's you a 3-1 to, lead. Yeah. It's a 3-0 lead, lead yeah. and all you had to do was score one goal. That's all you had to do. That, mm. that was all you had to do. Messi, I, I applaud you, man. You you, you fucking balled out. I, I, a lot of people are criticizing you and, and blaming you for the loss. But honestly, he was the one that created all these chances for Barcelona to actually get that goal. He was the one that was actually putting in fucking effort in between all his teammates. Yeah. I think Messi was literally the only guy out there trying to win that game. If it wasn't for his teammates, I I think it would have been a different story. I just don't think his teammates were prepared for that. I, I don't know what happened, but Messi did everything in his power to to push the his team through to the final, but like I said, his teammates were just not having it. Yeah, Messi's Effort should never be questioned. Fucking yeah. Valverde, their head coach, needs to be fired immediately. This is the second year in a row where they lost a 3-0 lead mm. in the in the semifinals, I believe. Uh, That's rough, It man. just can't happen. You can't have this shit. The first one, I get it. Last year, you know, it's like, fuck, it happens. It's soccer. But when it happens to you twice in back-to-back years, that's when you really have to fucking think about what, okay, so what happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. What what's going on? What like why again? Same thing. You know what I mean? That he has to accept the blame because I believe it was it was all on him. He just didn't know how to gr- draw a game plan. And Liverpool obviously p- props to uh, Jurgen Klopp. My God, it, he just went out there and fucking shitted on Barcelona, no mm. doubt. So well, Barcelona, go ahead and uh, hold this L. L. Trevor Twidwell, who do we right, got, man. man? Who's holding the L? This one, obviously, everyone's going to know. This has probably been one of the biggest headlines going around mainstream sports TV, but the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers, let's uh, let's talk about it. Um, supposedly, obviously, we all were pretty sure that Tyron Lue was going to be the next head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, and it, it was a, obviously a... Um, a decent marriage in the past, obviously with with Tyron Lou with with Lou and um and LeBron. But then the the low ball offer came in, and and then then the bridges was burnt between the the Lakers organization and Tyron Lou. And now supposedly the Rambus family is coming in and and wanting um you know to fire people and um and start to kind of run the show. And it seems like they are they're starting to run the show. The Rambus family, and for some reason the Bus family. Or Genie Bus is just in love with that family and is, is tied in tight with them, and they've had zero success in this league. Kurt Rambis as a coach was absolute garbage. So I'm not. I'm trying to figure out what the actual direction of this franchise is. Was it is when they have still to me the best player in the game, and 
and supposedly there was there was there was talk about how Jeannie Bus brought Lou in for an interview, but didn't ever plan on. And this is all speculation, but didn't plan on hiring Tyrone Lou because they didn't want to push, make it look like push the speculation of oh LeBron's running the show now because almost that's almost damn near always the narrative everywhere LeBron goes is he's running the show for some reason as if he shouldn't have a say so anyways I, I digress. Obviously, so they're making it sound like Jeannie Buss brought Tyron Lou in and as it's just just to bring him in for an interview. So and not no intention of hiring him. So it didn't look like LeBron was running the shows to, to appease the LeBron hating L.A. fans or whatever. Everyone on this that listens to this show and knows me personally knows I'm a big LeBron fan, um, not biasly, um, but I defend the guy because I feel like I feel like he's been. Oh, above and beyond over criticized for for retarded reasons or slow reasons, um. So this, I I just question the direction of this Lakers franchise. I mean, Magic's gone. He was the guy that brought LeBron in, and now there's speculation that they're Genie Bus is being told to possibly trade LeBron. Um, it's just embarrassing, man. Like I'm obviously a, a Sacramento Kings fan, but I, I love Le, my guy LeBron. So I mean, a part of me is like, <laughs> this is kind of humorous because obviously I don't like the Lakers, never have. Um, but I'm just so puzzled on what the actual goal is. Do they want to win? Are they trying to tank now? Are they now they're trying to trade LeBron? I just don't. It's such an like an epic L. What's going on in LA? And then just today, <laughs> mind you, this is in Los Angeles. There was supposed to be a protest today, supposedly, um, against the LA organization. I guess there was supposed to be some kind of protest. Eleven people showed up. <laughs> I saw the video. Eleven. I saw the video. It was like a little cult it's group that showed mess. up to to, to protest. So, I mean, if you can only get eleven people to come protest, I mean, the whole I think the whole city is like shunned them yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I don't know what's gonna. I don't know what the future holds for LeBron. I know he's all in. He still wants to make this a thing because they're I, not far off. If they make a couple right. good decisions, they could be a title. Contender. Yeah, and they're talking about how they're not gonna. You know, a lot of the national media is talking about how they can't land. They might not land yeah, a like big a- name. Like but, I've been telling that, sorry he, to cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. They're not going to make the playoffs again next year. I, I just agree with that. I think that they'll at least get like a Kimba or a Kyrie possibly or an AD. I still think AD is still an option trade, but it just it comes down to the Pelicans wanting to deal because AD's made it very clear he's gone. Yeah. He wants out. So, and, and in regards to your, you know, talking about giving LeBron, uh, and we're now we're going on a tangent with the hold the cell, but I know it's no, all right. but, go, but going into it, it's hilarious because you know they they're so big on not giving LeBron. The, yeah. the, con- the control here, but what's what's funny is that since 2011, LeBron's been to the finals eight times. Right. Uh, since 2011, the the Lakers have played in four playoff series. <laughs> so, so now we're going to toy with the emotions of the, with the coach that he won a championship with. Yeah. So, know, it just doesn't make any damn so let's, sense. So let's man. let's let's be honest here. Giving LeBron control isn't the worst thing that could happen. In fact, right. the worst thing that could happen is what's happening right now, which is you fighting against him when he knows how to win. So right. Los Angeles Lakers, just do us a favor and go ahead and. Hold this L. Ginormous L. I'm gonna yes. stick in I'm gonna I'm gonna actually stick Horrible in the NBA. Um look, I'm a big Jayhawks fan, and I love every past and present player as much as I can, unless they do something that really pisses me off. And unfortunately, that happened uh this week. And I've honestly never really been a fan of his analysis. I don't know how he's gotten his job, <laughs> other than just the fact that he's just a former NBA player and he had a pretty pretty damn good career, let's be honest. Um Paul Pierce came out this week and uh, 
said that after week after game one, which the Celtics did, dude, I knew you were going to, I knew you were going to take this one. (laughs) Beat the shit out of the Bucks. I think it was like one twenty to ninety two or something like that. Yeah, beat the Christ out of the Bucks in in first week, right? So everyone's like, oh damn, you know, we were all shocked, you know, because the Bucks are the number one seed and they don't lose a lot of games, especially at home. Yeah, and Paul Pierce went out there and puffed his chest and said that his former. Celtics team was gonna this series is over. It's over. It's over. They've won the series. It's over. Just might as well pack shop, uh, you know, wrap up shop, Giannis. You're you're done. <laughs> well, they ended up not winning another game in the series. Yeah, they lost four straight. Yeah, they lost four straight to the Bucks. The Bucks actually were whooping their ass in Boston um <laughs> immediately after that game, and it didn't end. Kyrie Irving, I think, was shooting 36% from the field. Um, you know, they, none of the, Jason Tatum was averaging like seven points a game. Like yeah. it, it was absolute atro- atrocity. And I could give the L to the Celtics because oh, before Kyrie, the season, Kyrie I, for sure. I picked the, I picked the Celtics before the season to make the, the finals, but that's not who I'm going to give the L to. I'm going to give right. it to Paul Pierce because he's been really asking for it for a while. He has been awful. Yeah. And I mean, awful at his job so <laughs> bad that Chauncey, Johnson Billups and Jalen Rose, Jalen Rose were really good friends of his. Well, look at him, and you can t- tell on the set that yeah. they don't know what the hell he's talking about. When he was saying that Joel Embiid is one of the three most dominant players in the NBA, I, Joel Embiid's a very good player, a very good player. He's a superstar talent. He is not one of the three most dominant players in the NBA. Yeah. I, I don't give a shit what anybody tells me. I it's think not he's con- top five, but we can, we can talk about can that. that. There is a difference between three and five. Three. Just the injuries, yeah. There's a difference between being three and five, though. Because there's a very elite category in the NBA. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Still. I don't think I don't. Think he's on the top three for me, but yeah, yeah, he's, yes. top, he's top five for me. I think sure. that was ridiculous. So Paul yeah. Pierce, I loved you. It, 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 you know, it's your time at Kansas, but you're gonna have to do me a favor and hold, hold this L. L. Thank you. Thank you. I was, yeah, he does he not was, belong on national TV. It's, yeah. it's just so bad. Yeah, and, he's and, bad. I mean, it was about as bad as his last game when he had zero points, zero rebounds, and zero assists. I'm not sure what's worse, though, his analysis or his tweets. I, I just can't really. Uh, they're pretty equal. It's hard to comprehend half the time. Either. Yeah, I mean, it's the same person. So yeah. So <laughs> we want to thank everybody that's listened. Uh, this has been a fun show, as always. Uh, no guests tonight. Like I said, it was just us three, and we had a lot of fun talking. Um, we are going to be back next week. We might have a surprise guest. I can't, I can't confirm yet, mm. uh, but I know you guys like this guy a lot. We've had him on the show before. So hopefully he will make a return visit. And Eddie, you have something to say? Go ahead. I do. It, it is Mother's Day weekend, guys. So yeah. if uh, any of you listeners are happen to be mommies or know somebody that's a mom. All the know, madres out there. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. Yeah, and hopefully man. you guys enjoy this Absolutely. Weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all you beautiful ladies out there for Absolutely. sure. So um, at, at, we're in the Casey Beardco Studios, guys. I am Lance Twidwell for Eddie Ortiz for Trevor Twidwell. We want to thank you again so much for listening uh, for all that, like I said, we've had a lot of people come in. I, I've even talked to people personally uh, in passing that said they've listened to our show and they really appreciate what we do. They really appreciate that we take the time letting, uh, giving Eddie the platform to talk soccer because there are a lot of fans out there. And uh, let's be honest, it's a global sport. So we definitely need to give that its time on our show. Uh, and for all the Chiefs fans, for all the NBA fans out there giving us suggestions and all the guests we've had, all of our sponsors, thank you all so much for this. We uh, look forward to continuing this, and we look forward to giving you guys what we got, which is, uh, I guess, just opinions. I don't know if we have a lot of facts here. but (laughs) And that, thank you so much for listening, guys. Until next week, we out of this bitch. See y'all. Later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See y'all. You are tuned in to the Spoke. I might actually stick around for a little bit.